Are you a healthcare organization struggling to achieve success? What if I told you that success not only depends on strategy, but also on the right mindset? At the Mindset Gap, their team of seasoned consultants understand the critical role mindset plays in achieving organizational excellence by empowering your workforce to think innovatively, embrace change, and adapt to new challenges. So imagine your workplace, one where your employees and patients thrive, where creativity and productivity go hand in hand, and where obstacles become opportunities. Don't let your organization fall into the mindset gap. Take the first step towards unlocking your potential today and email assist at themindsetgap.com with the referral code GENCAN20 to schedule a consultation. Welcome to the Healthcare Provider Happy Hour. This is a safe space where we invite healthcare providers to unapologetically be themselves after the working day. My name is Jennifer George, and each week I will connect you with guests and stories that will help transform your stress to success and fulfillment. Are you with me? Grab your drink of choice and let's chat. Hey everyone, welcome to episode four of the Healthcare Provider Happy Hour. I am your host, Jennifer George, and I'm joining you this evening. It's about 8 p.m. Eastern time after uh, my working day, and I have a very special guest to share with you today. But first of all, um, I'm joining you with a small glass of McManus um, Cab Sove red wine for this episode, so you'll have to stay tuned. I want to introduce um, a series I want to I want to start called Community Connections because I think it's really important as healthcare providers, if we're driven to improve healthcare for all, that we include our community um, healthcare providers, not just those that we work with or those in our own profession. So with me today, I have Dr. Natalie Servini. She's a chiropractor from the Windsor Essex County area. And she's also a very good friend of mine. So I'm so pleased that she's my first guest on the podcast. Hi, Nat. Hey, Jen. Good evening, everyone. How are you? Hey, I'm doing well. I'm just sitting on my couch enjoying my drink of choice this evening, which is a splash of cranberry and lime juice with water. And it's delicious. That sounds like totally quenching. Awesome. It is. It's exactly what I needed to the end of the day. That's so cool. So thank you so much for your time. I know you had a very busy day and we'll get into that in a minute. Um, But if you can, I know a lot about you, but if you can share uh, with our listeners today where you're from um, and just kind of how long you've been practicing in chiropractic for. All right. So I'm actually from the tomato capital of Canada, Leamington, Ontario. Uh, Lived there until the age of around 25, at which time I then left to go to chiropractic school in Toronto. 
in North York and then came back here in 2009 and started a practice in, um, in the Windsor-Essex area. Awesome. So what brought you into the chiropractic profession? So that was introduced to me uh, via my mom and dad, actually. So both of them suffered from severe debilitating low back pain to the point of being practically crippled. Like they couldn't walk, they couldn't drive, they couldn't stand, they couldn't sleep, they couldn't carry on with their daily functions. And um, friends of theirs uh, told them to go visit a chiropractor and they were, they were new to the chiropractic scene. And after they did, they were able to stand up straighter and walk better and sit for longer. And they were able to carry on with their daily lives and, and their activities of daily living and carry on with work. And I saw the benefits of it so quickly. And then I began uh, shadowing various chiropractors in the area. And one thing I noticed about all of them was, was that they were all so positive and happy. They were very fulfilled. They wow. really, really, truly enjoyed what they were doing and how they were making changes in people's lives. And, and that really resonated with me. And, and I felt the need to, to carry on with that passion. And that's when it all began. Well, that's really interesting because a lot of people do say that, that what gets them into the rehab field in general is that they've had a personal connection to it. So they themselves have um, had an injury that they sustained and overcame and got their life back or their, one of their loved ones uh, went through something and they kind of saw the rehab journey and how debilitating it was, but then how um, rewarding it could be once, you know, functional recoveries restored. So that's awesome yeah. that. I never yeah, knew absolutely. that story. See, as long and, as I've and, known you for. Yeah. <laughs> that's and the so best, cool. And the best part of it is that there wasn't any surgery or medicine required. It was just the body's ability to heal itself. And it was just, it was very, very uh, profound to me. So, awesome. yeah. That's great. And I mean, and then that's really the shift in healthcare right now, right, is that preventative approach. And if we can, why don't we, right? So Absolutely. I think it's really valuable to have you on because I know you're a strong advocate of that. 100%. So I'm going to track you back just a bit to keep it simple. Um, just tell me randomly what your favorite book is. <laughs> so I love uh, self-help books. And one of the ones that really um, kind of resonates with me is the book called Attached. And it's basically a book about relationships. Now, it really goes into your personal relationships, your, more of your like intimate love relationships. But you can actually apply the knowledge from that book to other relationships. So your professional relationships, relationships with friends, with family members. Um, and it just goes over basically your attachment styles that are basically styles that develop at a young age in your childhood and then over the years um, they kind of grow so it just basically goes over uh, why and how we behave the way we do in any relationship and since reading the book I've, I've really grown um, because I, I feel as though now I have an explanation for the reason I think a certain way or behave in a certain manner and it, it's really helped me in both my professional and personal career that's awesome. I was just going to ask you how, um, if it had helped you in both spectrums, so professionally and personally. So since you said it did help you professionally, um, can you tell me a little bit more about that? Like in what way are you noticing, um, for example, like even your patients who come in perhaps with pain complaints or injury complaints, do they often talk about their social history and do you kind of see 
um, you know, their attachment styles based on what you've learned and how that can impact their pain or their healing and kind of bring attention or focus to that? 100%. Yeah. The more you really talk to a patient in their history, you can find out so much about them and how everything in their lives can have an impact on their physical pain and the way it manifests in their bodies. Uh, so a lot of times in my, in my um, patient interactions, I'll even go over that. I was like, what, you know, where are you worried about? What are you anxious about? Let's talk about that. I, I go into a lot of the, the emotions they're experiencing, not only because of pain, but maybe other things in their lives. I think that's great. So, because I don't know if a lot of practitioners have that open conversation with patients. I think it's definitely something to um, explore and learn more about, especially if you're dealing with a, a patient population that um, is having a hard time healing, right? And you're, you're plateaued or you're, you just don't feel like you're getting anywhere. I feel like chances are, you know, you're encountering another issue that also needs to be resolved. So what happens when you bring those um, aspects to their attention? Do you find patients are receptive to that and talk a little more about it and that helps their healing in a sense? Or So some patients are receptive to it, others not so much. But what I will say is that even the ones that aren't receptive to it, the next visit or subsequent visits, they are feeling better. Their physical pain has decreased. Their range wow. of motion has increased. Their functionality has improved. It, it's pretty impressive and it, it's pretty profound um, at, the, at the success. It's just, I'm just kind of uh, astounded by it. Wow. So just even bringing attention to it and awareness to it for them. Exactly. Whether exactly they, they, yeah, whether they are wanting to talk about it because that's not necessarily the goal, but the, the, the goal, I guess, in the, that conversation would be to recognize it um, for whatever it is to them, right? Correct. Yeah. That's awesome, Nat. Um, so like, so when you were in school, take me back um, in chiropractic, yep. did you guys learn much about what we traditionally call soft skills, but what I like to call core skills, which are the communication skills and connection skills. Like, did you talk about addressing those types of social uh, questions or emotional type questions with patients? So um, interesting enough, um, the school where I graduated at Canadian um, Memorial Chiropractic School in North York, they actually really, really emphasize the importance of that in our history taking, believe it or not. Awesome. And they embedded it in our brains. And the foundation of that school, I remember even in the interview process, was are you, are you an empath? Can you be empathetic? Because if you can, this is the, definitely a good career, a career choice for you. So believe it or not, I remember them harping on that. Ask them about their stress. Ask them about if they have children. What's bothering them? What's on their minds? And just go into all of that. Go beyond just the physicality of the issue. So they even recognize that they that did. it's that beyond. Even though when you look at the outside, like from the outside looking in as a, a potential client or patient, you see chiropractic, physiotherapy, massage therapy. You see it as just simply healing physical ailments, right? It's very simple right. to see it that way. But we do a lot more. We basically are coaching patients through their lives <laughs> in a, in a sense. Right. So that's yeah. great. Yeah. So yeah. that's great that your um, that your schooling actually like centered you guys around that. It, it was, but it's funny at the time I didn't really hone in on it. And that was because we're just so consumed and preoccupied 
um, by the course material, right? And learning the anatomy and physiology and biochemistry and all that stuff and, and grinding it in our minds so we can, you know, perform an exam that we kind of lose sight of sometimes the most important aspects of our education. Exactly. And I think, um, I think that's the, the difficulty, right? School is so great at preparing you for the competency aspect, but exactly. you're, still, you're still trying to learn the competency aspect while trying to connect, right? And that's a hard thing to do. And I find with, with my students that I've had, that part is the connection is oftentimes the challenging part or the part that's more adaptable, right? Um, then, yes. then the competency, I, I've been fortunate that a lot of my students competency wise are exactly where they should be or better. And that's not the issue, but it's putting that into the connection and then watching your patients thrive, right? Absolutely. So well said, Jen. So well said. So I'm glad we're on the same page. This is really cool. Um, <laughs> I want to take you back a bit. So I know as a chiropractor, I know you like have a very busy lifestyle business wise and, and professionally and personally. So before you start your day every day, like what kind of things do you do? Like what kind of practices or mantras do you follow to kind of set the intention of your week or of your day? All right. So I started developing or I started practicing this, this um, intention and mantra Ever since chiropractic school, I remember being very overwhelmed um, several occasions, but one I remember um, quite vividly, um, and I was really, really stressed out, really overwhelmed. I remember calling my brother and just telling him how I felt, and I just wanted to leave, wanted to go home. I didn't want to do it anymore. It was just too much for me. And he said to me, Nat, you got to keep plugging away, girl. And that is exactly what I tell myself every day. And I get emotional now even thinking about it. And he helped me like those simple words. You're just like, you just can't give up. You got to keep going. You got to keep going. You got to pick yourself up. Don't stop. Keep going. You're going to get, you're going to get nasty feedback. You're going to get negative feedback. You're going to get wonderful feedback, but you got to keep at it. You got to keep going. And that's that's what I tell myself every day. I wake up and then, you know what? I got to get going. I got to keep plugging away at things. Don't give up. Keep moving. That's awesome. And you mean that both physically and mentally, right? Bingo. Just, yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Bring yeah. the two together. That's amazing. Um, so you tell me more about yourself. I know, I'd like to think I know almost everything about you <laughs> as your friend um, and as a peer, but um, without telling us more of what you do yet, um, can you tell me who you are? Well, I am a... I'm a loyal sister. I'm a proud daughter. Uh, I am a teacher, hopefully an inspiration, a very loyal friend. I would consider myself a, a good listener, someone who's very compassionate and caring. And I'm very, very sensitive, sometimes um, too sensitive. <laughs> yeah, I, I can agree with all of that and more, 100%. Uh, yeah. you're, you're one of the best people I know, truly. Oh, um, thanks, Jen. The so feeling is mutual. Oh, awesome. I'm so glad you're here. So now kind of outline for us just for all of the professionals listening, like what's a typical weekday look like for you? Kind of walk us through from the start of your day um, to the very end of your day. All right. So I wake up <laughs> yeah. and I say my, my mantra and I start to read 
inspirational things. So I find, I try to find articles that are happy, inspirational, that, that kind of get me motivated and pumped up. And then I physically get out of bed and then I'll usually work out, whether that's uh, a light jog, a brisk walk, or I'll do some yoga. Nice. And then I'll have my best beverage, my most favorite beverage of the day, which is my coffee. <laughs> One cup a day, that's it. And then I, I head over to work and I kind of look over my, my schedule for the day and I, I get started and I, I just start treating patients and I just start um, and then I keep going. I take a little bit of a break to eat, but generally speaking, I, I eat between patients. I'm more of a uh, grazer when it comes to eating. I like to have little snacks throughout the day just because I find my job really depletes me of energy because it's physical and emotional. Mm -hmm. um, so I find myself needing that energy, um, you know, supply throughout the day. That's my story. That's awesome. my day. So I know from knowing you that you kind of start late in the morning, right? And you kind of finish yep. a little later in the evening. Now, can you tell me if that's more of a personal preference so that you have the, the ability to design your day the way you want? Or do you do that to accommodate patients more or a little bit of both? So it's, it's, a, it's a hybrid of, of both. So I start a little later so I can exercise in the morning because exercise is very important to me. I find my physical uh, condition affects me emotionally, mentally, and psychologically. So that's just a must. That's a given. It's a okay. constant in my life. So that's in the morning. And then I start my day usually around 10, sometimes around uh, 11. And then I go to about 6, 6.30. And I find it's perfect because a lot of people who I see don't finish work until 6. So I can accommodate them. So it kind of works for both of us. That's awesome. So, so you accommodate both, of course. And like, how important do you think it is as a healthcare professional to accommodate yourself as well? I think we're so used to um, accommodating our patients or even our colleagues, our bosses. Um, how important do you think it is to kind of first look at your own life and then what you can offer to others within that? I think it's extremely, extremely important. Um, you have to be able to be the best version of yourself when you present yourself to the patient. So right. if you have the type of job, career, professional life whereby you can, you can have that leniency, then that's just a blessing. That's just a bonus. But I think it's extremely important. Um, it's good to accommodate the patients, but number one, you have to accommodate yourself. I know when I first graduated, I was bending over backwards, um, but I didn't, I didn't think that was the right approach. So over the years, I've kind of tailored that and I started meeting my own needs. And then I found my patients were better off because of it. I'm a better provider to them as a result of that. How did you know to look within yourself, Nat? Was it more that you just started burning out? that you had to like make the decision fast to, yeah. to switch things yeah. up. Okay. I was starting to just feel really discouraged. I'm thinking, God, I can't go on like always saying yes and yes to this and yes to that mm -hmm. and bending over backwards and doing it this way and that way all, all for the sake of the patient. There has to be a balance, right? Just like anything in life. So yeah, yeah I, I just had to make that change because I, I just wasn't really fulfilled. I wasn't, it didn't, it didn't feel right. So I think you said something really important there about saying yes to everything. I think it's easy to think that just because you're a business owner and the entrepreneur and the boss of what you do every day, because you do own your own practice, that mm -hmm. you also 
like you just answer to yourself, but really there are a lot of other things that you still say, ha still have to, or feel like you have to say yes to. Um, so I'm glad that you brought that to light because um, I think it's just as hard to be an entrepreneur as it is to, um, to be an employee, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, what do you, what do you find are your biggest challenges then to finding fulfillment like every day in your practice? Like what kind of, what kind of throws you off that you have to kind of reset yourself and be like, okay, I got to get back to what I know works for me or what gets me back into flow, back into harmony. Yeah. So that can happen throughout the day, most definitely. Um, and usually that can be something as simple as um, something with the billing, something with an insurance company. Maybe the patient isn't feeling better. Maybe the patient got a little worse. Um, maybe the patient is in not a good mood and they're kind of, um, I don't want to say taking it out on me, but I can really feel that negative energy. And like I said, I'm an extremely sensitive person. So I personalize these things. And that's where that, that attached book comes into play. I start to personalize these things. So what I do to kind of snap myself back into reality is I literally take a deep breath. Literally, I take a deep breath, maybe even a few, and just stop and think to myself, listen, that's, that's done now. That's in the past. I got to be the best I can be for my next patient. I can't hold on to that for the next one because they're going to sense it they know right away yeah that's so, powerful like staying very mindful and present that's very mindful powerful. yeah it's hard to do and it's something again that i've had to learn to do and i'm still not great at it by any means but at least i'm more aware now right and i think it's so important to be um like we set the tone of our day like we talked about earlier we set the tone of our day maybe in the morning i know i'm great for that but throughout my day i don't know if I'm as good as bringing myself back to the present as much. Yeah. And I it's very difficult. And the busier you are, is it's even more of a challenge. Right. It's more of a challenge. Yeah. yeah. And I guess, like you said, it's noticing those interactions with your patients and maybe, um, you know, if they're off, it's going to bring you off. But also if you're off, it's going to set the tone. So it's almost asking yourself too, like, am I the one who's off here? Like, you know, am I the one not feeling yeah. this right now? Right. Exactly. Honest about that. That's um, right. That's really cool. So um, I know you're again, like you own your practice. I know you're super busy clinically, but administratively, like, are there things that you've done to create more of a balance in your working day. I know in the beginning when you're first practicing, you have to build up kind of your clientele, but you're fairly established. You're like eight years in or so. So, you know, how do you now like handle your documentation and administrative tasks uh, with your, with your direct care every day? So I've learned to uh, delegate more. So um, some of the staff will help me. I've hired a student now and she does uh, my billings for me and other administrative work for me. So I don't have to do as much because I find you can really get carried away with that portion of it. Mm -hmm. And then you lose sight of what's really important, right? Which is the being with the patient, treating the patient and, you know, being with them every step of the treatment plan. So I just learned to, you know, not do as much myself. It's very difficult, but I had to, I had to start like, delegating some of the uh some of the tasks yeah and that way you can be more present and then you're overseeing all of that of course like you're overlooking always. your billing practices and confirming all that and whatnot so yeah always but it takes the physical work and time away from it yeah that's right jen you know all awesome. about that yeah and so like speaking of like giving and constantly giving as as something we do as healthcare providers or i shouldn't even say what we do it's who we are 
Um, when I've come to your workplace, I've been to your workplace several times to see you. Um, one of the things I really loved, and I've mentioned this to you, I've pointed this out to you, were the, um, the chalkboard notes that you leave to your, your patients every day, right? So in the space that you treat them, um, you have like humorous notes sometimes or like inspirational notes. Tell me kind of like why you do that um, and what effect it's had on your practice. Oh, that's a wonderful question. So um, I found over the years when I was going into um, chiropractic clinics that it was a very clinical setting mm. and very, um, a little too serious of, of a space. Right. So I thought to create something a little different. And that's why my decor is even a little different. Um, I do have a few anatomy posters up, but the majority of it is, is very, very much like more of a, a home-like space. And with that, I've included a little chalkboard on which I write little inspirational quotes or messages or some things that are funny. And the reason I do that is number one, it's less clinical. It's a little more of a fun vibe. And because patients love it, they come in, they can be really sad because of their pain and really depressed. And yet when they see that, they smile and they laugh and they chuckle. Yeah. And we have a nice little conversation about it. And I feel like sometimes, again, it just brings them back to the present moment, right? Yeah, I think what you said there, like, um, again, like you mentioned, I think when you're in school and they talk about empathy and they ask you if you're empathetic, you wonder what that really means, right? And you wonder, am I really? Um, we'd like to think we are, but do we know what that really means? And I think by you doing that, even just like purely in the written note itself that you write, I think that is a, just a beautiful human touch, right? So, and that yes. makes it more personal. And then when patients see that, like you say, it locks their eyes in and they start to talk to you about it. And hopefully more will come out of that conversation that yeah. helps them, right? Yeah, they, awesome. they're a little more open with me. That's exactly, they feel a little more comfortable, right? Yeah, really cool. Yeah. I love that. And that when I have been in your practice, it doesn't feel purely, um, it doesn't feel purely uh, clinical at all. Um, yeah. One of my other colleagues, um, Jim Millard, who's a physio out in London, and he's awesome. He he was telling me a story about how one point early on in his career, he literally opened up um, shop basically in a, in a rented space in a room. And he found that his best patient outcomes actually happened during that time of his career when he was in a smaller space. And I think the same goes for you because you have those two offices. Um, that it just creates that type of connection, right? You know, it's just you and the patient and you kind of get to know your patients um, personally and professionally, of course, too, but personally in terms of like, you know, professional boundaries, kind of what matters to them and how that can help them, which I think oh, is, yeah. you know, a great environment, a great safe space for them to be in. And that's in very, that's, those are very important points you're raising there too, especially in the fields we're in, right, where, where there's some manual, you know, work there. They have to feel comfortable. They have to trust you in that space. So you have to make it comfortable for them. You know, sometimes they put music. Sometimes I have, you know, I spray some nice little scents just to, to make it a little more inviting and, and comfortable for them. Yeah, that's awesome. I know um, sometimes working in the hospital for me, it's a bit of a challenge for confidentiality because it's such a busy environment, right? So yeah. when I have a when I have a sense that a patient wants to talk to me more personally, more privately, I, I usually can I can usually sense that by now, and I'll ask them or I'll guide them to a place in the gym where it's much more private. Um, or in some oh, cases, I'll just treat them in their own space in their own room if I don't feel or if they don't feel like they're ready 
to come out into the greater space, right? And if that changes, great. If it doesn't, it's okay too, right? So we have, to, right. we have to create that safe space for them, for sure. So I think you do that awesomely. Thanks, Jen. I try. <laughs> <laughs> it's not easy. Like that's, that no. part in itself is, is really challenging. And I think those are the things that um, future healthcare providers need to, to pay attention to more. Um, but again, it's hard to do that when you're still learning, right? The Absolutely. So yeah. tell me kind of, so you've been in practice now for, has it been eight years? 10 years. Or, or 10 years. Okay. Yeah. So tell me now kind of like, you kind of went through a bit of, of your course over the years, but tell me what has kept you here or what continues to keep you here. You're 10 years, you're 10 years out. You know, we've all dealt with signs and symptoms, I'm sure of burnout. Um, you know, like you said, even in the ebbs and flows of our day, um, can you tell me kind of overall though, what keeps you here? All right. Great question. So there's two reasons. So the first is my genuine innate wanting to help people. I just always want to help people. I want to help them through things, even if it's just talking to them or talking them through things, helping them with their pain. I, I just have an innate wanting to help people. So I, that's the best way I can explain it. I've always been that way. Even as a little girl, I remember always wanting to help people and just put smiles on their faces and make them, make them happy, mm -hmm. make them more comfortable. And see how that's evolved. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then um, the second thing is the fact that chiropractic offers a non-invasive therapeutic approach. I just think that's just fascinating, especially in this day and age with all these different medications, just more than I could ever, ever remembered in, you know, 10 years ago. And I just, I just am like blown away by the fact that you could potentially treat someone without any surgical intervention or any medicinal intervention. It, it just fascinates me. It's just kind of cool. It is, especially because the industry, the pharmacological injuries industry is so huge and yeah. domineering in a way. Um, and yet the healing happens from within, right? It, it's, right. it's, we can say that, but until you really experience it until a patient actually says, so that's how I'm supposed to feel or that, yeah, now I know like that I'm moving properly because that feels good. I can actually feel the flow of that. Like that's powerful. And like you said, that's healing. Um, you know, there's so many benefits to movement in general, but also, um, manual therapy as well. Yeah. And what it stands for, like you just said, you nailed it, like movement and mobility and being functional. Right. Like that's, yeah, that's the kind of the essence of everything. But I'm not here to say that, you know, medications are necessary by any means. I mean, don't take the wrong, yep. uh, the wrong thing from it. There's definitely, they're definitely a big necessity in, in a lot of people's lives and with certain conditions they're dealing with. Absolutely. But there's a place for kind of everything in a way is the way I see it. Right. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. Um, so where do you see kind of your practice growing <laughs> or going in the next, um, near future, I should say, I don't like to, to project too far ahead because it's so important to stay mindful and present, but where do you see things going? Where would you like it to go? Yeah. So I, I do want to grow my space, nice. um, because I would like to incorporate, um, other professionals such as uh, massage therapists, physiotherapists such as yourself, social worker, and maybe even a section of, uh, of it, you know, dedicated to yoga or Pilates. 
Because uh, like I said, I, I do believe in a, in a multidisciplinary approach to treating people. And um, you got to tackle it from all ends, right? The physicality, the psychological aspect of things emotionally. So I think it would be better suited for the patient to have a more well-rounded um, clinic. Yeah, I totally agree. Kind of going back to that comprehensive healthcare experience, right? Um, yeah. Which is something I'm, I'm a strong advocate for as well. Um, and I think we can, we all have to do that kind of together. We all have our um, focus. We all have our knowledge and expertise and our competencies. So now how do we all bring that together and kind of create the ultimate human experience for our patients? Absolutely. Um, so so let's say you were called in to the chiropractic college to kind of, you know, do a talk on, you know, on chiropractic and, you know, to kind of help them navigate uh, once they, once they graduate or even as they finish their schooling, what are some pieces of advice um, that you've gone through perhaps that you would um, share with, with future practitioners? Yeah. So the biggest, thing would be to just not be so hard on yourself. I mean, you're, you're not going to always get the outcomes or the feedback you desire, but yeah. if you have a genuine concern for your patient's well-being, and you know that you've done all that you could have and you're on the right track, the patient will sense that they'll believe in you and they'll be loyal to you and you'll have a good, uh, patient base. Yeah. So, um, kind of showing patients more or less, like kind of like getting to the root of why you're doing it in the first place. Um, perhaps it's to help people like you said too, right? So kind of maybe staying intentional to that as well. Um, That's right. Which it all awesome. goes, goes boils down to, to be mindful, right? Being in the present, like you, like you said, Jen, you just always have to stay in the present. Yeah. And kind of like your brother said, right, you're going to hear feedback from all ends, right? You're going to get reviews. You're going to, you know, you're, you're one of many chiropractors, right? I'm yeah. one of many physios. Like, you know, there's thanks, thank goodness there's so many people in the world, right? So that we can all <laughs> have the space to treat those that we're meant to help uh, for sure. So speaking to that as well, Nat, so what do you believe, you know, in the midst of all the chiropractors, what do you believe is your unique gift to your profession and to your patients? So I believe that I have pretty good listening skills. Um, I really try to sit with the patient, really let them speak before I speak. And then the other thing is that I really truly wholeheartedly feel for the patient to the point where sometimes if they tell me things that are really sad, I will even start to cry. Like I get sometimes even a little too much, but yeah. um, I, I think em empathy is, is one of um, my stronger have you ever Have you ever cried in front of a patient now? Oh yeah. Okay. I have too. I, I've only done it, I think once. And it was um, shortly after my dad died. Um, and I, it was a story that connected with, with my families and my dad's and it just came out. <laughs> but when you were in school, was that something they talked about? Like we, no. yeah, like we didn't talk about that either. It's that bit of vulnerability, but it's, it's a vulnerability with purpose to connect, right? You're not doing it just to do it. Um, you're doing it because you, you believe it would help your patients connect. Yeah. And for them to realize too, that we're not anything special. We're not special beings. We're just like everyone else. Right. We, we, you know, we get sad. We, we are happy. We start crying. We cry. We, you know, we're no different. We're, yeah. 
we're human beings just like them and we feel very similarly and it's yeah. good for them to know that because again that's that connection right exactly so you and i are um starting to do some live events in the windsor essex county area as of now um, oh yeah so, yeah <laughs> so we're pretty pumped <laughs> about this uh we've gotten together many times and we're, we're going to continue to do that obviously to create and to, to help others so kind of can you tell us in, in your words because i've spoken a lot about flow but can you tell us about our first event that um, we're launching called flow on november 9th so basically we would like to have discussions with other healthcare providers or really anyone who's interested to find their flow so basically flow to jen and i means to find your passion your purpose and your intention and kind of along the lines of what we've been discussing this evening just finding things that give you that boost in life mm -hmm. so whatever your passion is passion in your practice passion in your physicality, in your emotional state, just kind of grounding yourself and, and finding those things again and, and never losing sight of them really. Yeah. And I think it's powerful too that, that we have it be interactive, which is the purpose of it because again, as healthcare providers and as most people, we have the knowledge to know we have the knowledge to know, but it, until you hear somebody's story or until you hear it in words, whether they're your own or whether they're somebody else's, does it make it the connection that much more powerful? And it makes you kind of accountable um, as well to kind of speak about your differences, speak about what, what you find unfulfilling perhaps um, or what you're challenged by, um, and then to be open to, to people helping you um, create solutions to that, right? And to find your space again. I think you did a great job today of talking about kind of how that's even in the midst of our days, right? Like even in the midst of our day in between patients um, or whatever the, the work demands are for that person, but it could be as finite as that, right? Or as micro as that. So we're really excited about that event. Yeah, I'm so excited to co-host it with you. I think it'll be really great. It's important. It's just going to facilitate a good little discussion and dialogue, which like you always say, I mean, we, we really do know enough. We really do. We know a lot academically, but it's really good to go a little deeper than that and have, you know, discussion with other healthcare providers. Yeah, totally. Um, so Nat, tell people how um, they can kind of get a hold of you. Are you on social media or do you have like an email address if people have any questions or if they just want to give you feedback or. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I can be emailed. That's how you can reach me at natalieservini at gmail.com. And if you even just look up my name online, you can find uh, my number and where I practice. I am on Facebook. I'm just not on it very often. Yeah, <laughs> not too yeah. much into the, uh, the social media scene, yeah. um, but I can be emailed and, and reach at the office. That's awesome. Really cool, Nat. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, like I said earlier, I'm, I'm just grateful to have your friendship and I'm grateful to kind of build a community of healthcare providers with you who really want to transform and improve healthcare delivery for all um, Canadians. So thank you so much, Nat. Oh, thanks so much, Jen. You're the best girl. I loved it. Love you. A great <laughs> conversation. Love you too. Amazing. Okay. Have an awesome night. I'll yeah, you too, eh? Okay. Enjoy the rest of your vino. Thanks, girl. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. See ya. Good night.